0: What's happening, costume listeners? Welcome to the Earth-16 Comics Wire podcast, the show that says all comics are celebrated. I am Bri from Earth-16, and today we're talking about the impact of the coronavirus pandemic has had on the comic book industry with Moriah Banks, the owner of Samurai Comics based in Phoenix, Arizona. And near the end of the show, I also have my honest take on the real-life superhero named Phoenix Jones. So be sure to listen all the way through. <laughs> i want to leave i Welcome to the Earth 16 Comics Wire, where all comics are celebrated. I'm your host, Brian from Earth 16, and in this episode, I am speaking to Mariah Banks, the owner of Samurai Comics in Phoenix, Arizona. How's it going? Uh,
1: It's going okay. How's it going for you?
0: It's going pretty well. Um, Going through, just getting through the day. I mean, getting through the whole quarantine and everything. I mean, making sure that I wash my hands and all that, like everyone else. Yeah. (laughs) Staying home. Yeah. yeah. Are you going stir crazy? Uh well, I mean, I've I'm, I'm trying to occupy my time by um reading, um, just doing whatever I, I can to make sure that my mind doesn't go crazy and all that.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. I know a lot of our customers are like getting through their their read lists, you know, like they have piles of books to read. So um, oh, yeah. so, you know, it's a good time for catch up.
0: Oh, yeah mm-hmm. definitely especially you know I've actually been it's interesting that you brought that up because I've been reading um Batman um, no Man's Land, mm-hmm. which might be a lot of this actually to some degree I mean with every right with everything that's been going on, like you know people are staying home um, right not too much activity going on, but I mean right. thankfully not a lot of crazy's been going on either. I mean you know there's no there's no obviously there's no turf wars I mean are everything's still intact practically (laughs) thank goodness
1: I know it's actually been really weird I I mean most people's like day I think is really vastly affected but I mean I don't know my day is really the same I get up and I go to work and I just don't have any customers so it's just weird so
0: yeah and the fact that I mean speaking of not having customers I mean that must have been really impacting your store I mean the fact that no one's coming in to buy like to buy comics or anything, and also on top of that too, I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of other factors that have, have caused that to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially with this coronavirus, I mean, everything has been impacted. I mean, almost every business that you can think of. I mean, people are being advised to stay home, from you know, or stay at work. Um, very few people are, you know, doing essential businesses like grocery stores and a few others. Um, several events, including Phoenix Fan Fusion, um, have been postponed or canceled. Uh, Fan Fusion is actually not going to be is going to be postponed until September. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and other comic mm-hmm. conventions too, especially you know what happened in Seattle with the Emerald City Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Then he also halted the NBA. I mean, WrestleMania is being performed at a empty performance center.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, there's a whole lot of things. So. We're just gonna get into like how the virus definitely affected and impacted the comic book um industry and the stores and um there were several um snip you know several articles have come out, especially of image comics publisher asking for asking retailers for relief amid the coronavirus, which I thought I found pretty interesting mm-hmm. um I don't know if you read that letter
1: uh no, I haven't seen it I'm sure that we got it um we kind of get. Like, uh, <laughs> it's like my husband and I, we d- we kind of take turns doing comic booky stuff. Like he does most of the ordering and stuff like that. So right. most of the, those like, uh, diamond updates and all that stuff goes to his account, which like, I'm terrible on email. So <laughs> I don't really want it.
0: I <laughs> so. me. it's all cool.
1: <laughs> no, but I'm in like, uh, God, I want to say something like 20 retailer groups or something on Facebook. It's bananas and it's a little bit more, it's a little bit better because they're it's more up to date. It's, you know, so um, like if, you know, cause sometimes by the time you get, especially when this was all shaking down with diamond, we like weren't getting any updates, but you know, you'll get kind of more up to the minute with, with the Facebook stuff. So, cause people, it's all retailer. It's tons of retailers across the nation. So.
0: So it's like a community of sorts. Of
1: sorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good, but it's also, like, I'm in, it's really interesting, actually. I'm in comic book ones, and I'm in gaming ones.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: the, the funny thing is that, it's not really funny, but the comic book ones are, they're so, like, rife with, like, speculation and rumor and just. Yeah. Oh, just the drama. They're a bunch of drama mamas. And like the gaming <laughs> ones, every once in a while, people will be like, "Oh yeah, what's Watsy doing?" Oh, da da da, you know. And occasionally we'll post stuff about that, but mostly it's like, "Oh yeah, I found this in my store while I was cleaning." And it's like, okay, it's just so funny the difference. It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> I actually had to leave a couple of the comic retailer groups because I was like, I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> so...
0: It's like you're hearing like different like stories and all that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been kind of crazy, but we actually are. um, One of the groups that we're with is we're. um, we're, I don't know if you know, but we're on um, Comic Hub, so, um, so even though we're not open, we're actually still getting sales because we have the website and everything. Um, It's all linked to our store inventory, so, um, so we can process orders, and we have been getting orders, you know, every day. So. So, um, you know, unlike other stores who don't maybe have a website or whatever, um, it's this is all linked with that and so so because of that, um, you know we've I mean, it's not of course, the same, but it's something, so you know, so there's that.
0: <clears throat> wow, Wow. I mean I, I guess I learned something new. I mean, what's it called again cub? Um...
1: Uh, it's comic hub. it's like comic um, hub. it's this whole system. Um, If you have been around like lately, it's been, it's been getting quite the hubbub. Um, It's, it's basically like a point of sale system for the stores, but it's also a website. It integrates with a website for the retailers, but then the customers can go on and order, um, you know, stuff like, like that's been solicited, like from previews, um, from the previews catalog and they can order it and, like, place their own orders and maintain their own subscription boxes, like, on, it, you know, from their house. So it's really nice because, you know, it, it tracks all that stuff. So, like, you as a customer, it keeps, like, your order history, which is really handy because, you know, everybody double buys. So, you know, so it's really cool. And then there's also, like, a publisher side. So publishers can even push, like, certain campaigns, like, for certain books. Like, Boom does a lot. And, oh, you know, we want um, – because we can send, like, direct marketing emails to our customers. And, anyways, it's really cool. So it's a really, really great system. And there's not – the thing about the comics industry is there's not, like, a lot of point-of-sale systems. And um, comics are a really weird business. And,
0: oh yeah,
1: you know, you can't – it's not like um, – you know, if you were like, oh, hey, I want to open a record store or like, I don't know, some other sort of retail, like books or something. So people think that it's like similar, but comics because of their weird shelf life and and all that, it's just, it's a really weird industry. And so, so there's not really a system set up for like, you know, the subscriptions and all these things. There's a couple that do like one does this and one does that, but So Comic Hub is, like, one of the first ones that successfully does it, so.
0: That's really amazing. I might have to look into that. It's
1: really cool. If you go on our website, you can, like, kind of check it out. So, anywho. So, so yeah. Well, you brought um, up – go ahead. Oh,
0: sorry. Yeah? Well, I mean, you actually brought up, like, the whole process of, like, you know, how comic book shops are, like, really um, fluid in a sense. I mean, what process goes into setting up a comic book shop? I mean – Samurai Comics has been around. It seems like for a pretty long time. I mean, I'm not. I'm kind of new to the Phoenix area. I'm from California, so.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So this is our 17th year in business. Um, we have three stores in the Valley. So we have a store in like Central Phoenix, um, a store in Mesa, and a store in Glendale over by. Um, the Glendale one is. It's like really not really Glendale, but it is on the map. But it's right by the base. So. Um, so it's pretty far out, but so we're kind of like spread out. So, um, but yeah, we've been doing this a long time. And um, so basically, I mean, like to start, I mean, I guess if you, are you saying like, how does one go about starting a comic shop or?
0: Well, I mean, like, I mean, in the sense, like in a general sense, um, because since you said like earlier, it was kind of like fluid and all that and they're kind of, it's not like setting up like a typical record shop or. Yeah.
1: (laughs) The thing that we see a lot in this industry and, and I, and in this industry, not just comics, I see it a lot with games. Like we see a lot of people, games is probably the one thing that people all the time open stores like, Oh, Hey, I love, I love magic. And my friend loves magic. And let's, let's open a store. Tabletops, Yeah. (laughs) "Yeah, And we'll play magic and we'll actually make money. And it's like, yo, 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 it doesn't work like that. (laughs) So, so, um, so comics is kind of similar. People think, Oh, Hey, You know, I love comics and I know all this about comics. And, and it's like, it's one of the things that we see is people don't treat it as a business and it is a business. It's, it's, you have to treat it as a business. And, um, you know, it's very difficult because the ordering, that's the thing about comics like you have to order stuff three months in advance and you don't know, you know, by the time you're ordering number two number 1 hasn't come out so you don't have any sales data oh, of what number 1 is going to be like and yeah. you know and there is some companies that are more forward thinking you know boom has been really awesome and and with a lot of retailers um you know and they've been really good about returnability and and stuff like that and like getting us to take they call it no risk um you know titles so we can order high and then You know, like we can order like 50 copies or whatever. And if we're still, yeah, we're still stuck with them, they'll take them back. And it's okay because they want us to take the risk because they know that if it's a number one title of a a book that's not like a Marvel DC book, it's harder to sell. And, you know, but having the copy on the stands is, you know, you have to at least have it on the stands to sell it. It's not going to sell not on the stands. So, so yeah, it's a really weird. It's a weird business for sure, and you know it's it's definitely it's it's tricky. <laughs> so, not yeah. bad,
0: yeah. So, um, speaking of like retailers and all that, I mean, I've want to reference a letter that Eric Stephenson, um, of Image, uh, he was like an image publisher. He penned like an open letter, um, asking you know other companies to let stores, um, return the inventory, um, right in regards to that. And it says here that, um, reading the letter. Well, actually, it's an article from the New from the Hollywood Reporter that I, I took out. So he says here, ah, here it is. So it reads, "Dear colleagues, when you were younger, you don't think about being old enough to tell I remember when stories, but for most of us, that day inevitably arrives." And then he also goes around to say that today I re- I'm remembering when there was no comic book stores, which is like that's really deep right there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, And finding comics back then would be a real challenge. Finding them today, though, without the efforts of direct market to evangelize on behalf of our industry to readers, everywhere would be next to impossible, and finding them tomorrow could be impossible full stop if our entire industry doesn't come together now on behalf of the comic book stores everywhere. And we are living in a moment of momentous change as we struggle to deal with the effects of COVID-19 We can't simply pretend it's business as usual. Few of us have escaped the damage the rapid spread of the virus has had on our business. Our relationships, our everyday lives, we are frightened by the long-term implications of such a major health crisis. But more than that, we're grappling with the fear that always comes when the immediate, immediate future is not bleak but uncertain And what frustrates me the most right now is that how horrifying that uncertainty must be for our retail partners when customers were electing to stay out of shops as a public safety measure that was bad enough. But now that all essential, non-essential businesses are being ordered to close, the fallout from such closures will certainly cause an economic ripple effect with a known outcome. So um, let's see, he says here that we've outlined of what we're doing um, at Image, because he's from Image. We're making new product on FOC for the next 60 days, returnable through May the 18th, FOC. Um, and we are prepared to extend, what that, um, extend that as necessary dictates. We're canceling non-essential releases like second printings or reprints. We're offering suggestions to Diamond for ways to mitigate the impact of crisis on retailers threatened by mandatory closures so um a lot i mean it's a lot of stuff he listed here and he also says what we do however is not enough image may be the third largest um publisher in the united states but percentage wise that's a long way to number two so i long, mean long way. <laughs> yeah i mean with the big two marvel and dc i mean but what what the boys did at image and i mentioned this in many other segments i mean they're you know they went true trailblazers i tell you um, and he said and he goes on to say that um, I understand that not every publisher is in the position Image is in when it comes to making these decisions. Image is not owned by a large corporation or beholden to stockholders. Regardless, this is a time when we all have to do our part. I know that's for some of you that means jumping through a lot of hoops, but there are um, but if there was a, ever a time to do it, now is a time. Sincerely, Eric Stephenson of Image Comics. So, I mean, th- that's pretty deep. I mean, yeah. the fact that, I mean, th- these guys know what they're talking about because, I mean, they had to go at it on their own to start this business. And mm-hmm. I, I also feel for the independent publishers, too. I mean, I actually interviewed one of them um, about about last week, and he told me about, like, how some independent publishers are basically, you know, this is a time for them to kind of, like, in a sense take the reins though but even you know most publishers are facing sort of an impact with like diamond not distributing comics or maybe even like some of the printers not you know opening shop because you know where comics are kind of deemed quote unquote non-essential
1: right right i don't i don't know the logistics of all of that um and it doesn't make any sense to me because i'm still (laughs) i'm still getting orders from other companies so yeah
0: no
1: i don't know um but um, but I mean, yeah, it, it's definitely awesome. I mean, Image and Boom, I mean, Boom has always been the favorite among retailers and Image is pretty close. Um, but as far as like the lengths that they go to help us, um, but I mean, I don't feel that DC and Marvel are, are doing a disservice. I just oh, no. feel that they're their hands are really tied and it's difficult, you know, they, they are a big, you know, you know, Marvel's owned by Disney and, you know, DC's owned by Warner brothers. It's and the DC publishing is such a small section of Warner brothers. And so, I mean, it's just, you know, it is what it is. And I mean, honestly, the biggest thing is that we just need diamond to reopen so that we can get books again.
0: That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, you know, but but again, I don't I don't work at Diamond. So, <laughs> so
0: don't quote you on that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I mean, no, it's fine, but it's like everybody knows there's there's and that's the thing on the retailer forums that's like probably the most debated thing right now is a lot of retailers don't want to be receiving stuff. Um, like they don't want it like even three weeks from now. So because the reality is probably we're at least three weeks out because we have an FOC. Yeah, so um, I mean, it's the fifteenth. There's rumors that the the FOC on the twentieth might be the next one, so we'll see. Um, and the FOC is like three weeks out. Once you FOC, so so I mean, I just don't I don't know like why you wouldn't want shipments. I mean, I understand that you're not open, but I mean, you could still right. mail order. And I mean, even if we're not open, I still want new books because all my customers want new books, and they. I'll still make money, and and I mean the reality is for ninety percent of comic stores, new books is like your bread and butter. So that's how you pay your rent. So I mean, absolutely, getting, yeah, it's a really big chunk of your income, and for for you not getting that, it's it's it hurts. So I mean, it's it's going to be a rough couple months, I think.
0: So. Yeah, and like, you know, what you said too about like, you know, ninety percent of like, you know, new books being like, you know, basically the bread and butter and like how people can actually embrace, you know, selling stuff rather than from a brick and mortar. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be brick and mortar. I mean, people are probably even turned to digital. And it might be of a conversation that I had with my sister, and we talked about like how some businesses are, you know, especially post corona, you know, are gonna kinda have to embrace um some new Strategies on how to sell their products, how to do their business, and um one of them is like you know, like you said, like you know, doing orders rather than just going walking straight into the shop. Now the shop, in my sorry. opinion,
1: <laughs> sorry, sorry,
0: it's all good. He wants to be part of the conversation, yeah. or is she? Somebody, um, hey.
1: <laughs> yeah. Can you maybe them Can you go? I'm just, hold on just a second. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> <you>. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, nah, you're all good. I mean, he probably gave me gave some pretty good insight. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say too like um where was I going with this? Oh yeah, like some businesses are going to have to embrace like new models, new avenues. I mean, now oh yeah, now I remember, the shop is you know, I think that's part of the experience is walking to the shop. I mean, that's always a cool experience. I mean, it never, it never, it never goes away. But then also too, I think most shops in my opinion are going to have to embrace some, you know, embrace some strategies where you can buy online. I mean, you know, you don't have to like, you know, go on miles on end to get your comic because I, I understand that even I have a buddy of mine who lives in a town where there's no comic book shop and, you know it's like wow <laughs> how could how could a town have a comic book shop? I me mean, i thought every town had a comic book shop at least within like a 20 or fifty, thirty 30 mile radius or something but, right yeah but I, mean, I think yeah go I ahead think,
1: right i think it i think the thing about comic stores is that they're always evolving well the smart ones are and yeah. so i mean one of the groups that we're in is we're i don't know how much like research you've done about all this stuff but we're in the organization it's comics pro and so it's basically like a group of comic stores um like it's a you know made by comic store retailers right. so we advocate for like each other and you know when we have problems with like diamond or with publishers or whatever we kind of go to them and say hey you know we need, like, and then as a group, you know, we're stronger and blah, blah, blah. And it, it's a cool, it's a good place because it's kind of, like, the best of the best. It's, like, really good retailers. Like, Brian Hibbs is in there. I don't know if you, he's in San Francisco. He's really, he writes an article tilting at windmills. Um, Anywho, so there's a lot of really, really smart retailers, really, really good ones. And so a lot of people in comics, Fair. I mean, like, we're always evolving. We're always talking about. You know, even before this, like you know, it's all about building a better mousetrap. You know, so and it, I think our system is always evolving. And like we started about a year ago, we started doing Facebook Live sales. Um, so we yeah, seen that. And, yeah, and so we do them every week now, which we were doing them before COVID. And I mean, now it's been kind of like one of the only things that's making us money. And so, um, so we're so glad we're doing that because now it's like, oh, it's not something new for us. So but, I mean, it's just that kind of stuff. You have to be smart. You have to be adaptable. Um, you know, we don't – at our stores, we don't just sell comics. You know, I mean, of course, comics are a big part of our income. But right. we sell games. You know, we sell manga. We sell all these other little, like, you know, trinkets and stuff like that. It, you know, just to help, you know, get your – get more dollars from people. But, I mean, it's it's all part of it. And it's, it's all part of a more evolving, you know – business and you have to be smart about it and and i i mean we've always been pretty lucky about like that so you know i don't know i
0: guess we'll see <laughs> so. totally and um yeah so which would bring me to like um what are ways that because like you you already touched on a lot of ways actually um like the, that samurai comics is combating the economic impact of the coronavirus and one of them is like you said facebook sales or um basically you know facebook sales i mean i believe do you also do like um drive-by orders and all that as well
1: um so it's weird because um so you're in Arizona Mm -hmm. and you know so like Ducey's order is pretty big (laughs)
0: it's a huge order yeah
1: yeah but it's like it's just really vague and so we're like okay obviously we're not essential so we're not open but it doesn't really like specify can you do curbside can you do not and so I mean, yeah that's
0: why that's why I meant to say curbside it's okay.
1: <laughs> I knew you meant and so so I mean we're not really like doing curbside um just because we don't really want to encourage people to like leave their house and yeah you know it's one of those things where it's like I'm at the shop I'm at the the Phoenix store most weekdays and you know I know you know Bob Joe is driving by on his way to work and I have his box of stuff like hey man if you want to swing by I'll run it out to you sort of situation but it's kind of a case by case basis but in most of the stuff we're shipping um we have on our um our comic hub website you can buy stuff and pay for shipping most of our subscriber customers we sent them a link with like a video of how to pay for your stuff and and like we send them a little shipping quote inside the link so that like they have they don't have to figure it out you know and we pretty much for all our customers, we just put it as like $5 shipping. So, you know, 90% of them, it's like, probably more like 75%, actually, it's like $5 will be fine, because they have a couple books, that'll be great. But there's a couple where it's like, okay, this is going to cost more than $5. <laughs> so you're right. know, going to eat it. And it's fine, because I don't want my customers to have to pay a ton of money to get their books. So, so, you know, that's kind of, how we're doing it i can't of course speak for other stores but but i mean i think that being adaptable is is smart but it's also really hard because you know we have three stores and there's only two of us <laughs> so i'm uh, oh, not wow. working right now um we can't afford to have the staff come in and you know get paid when there's not really any money coming in the amount of money that's that's coming in for mail orders and stuff it's it's like a it's like a trickle compared to, you know, a flow. So, so, I mean, of course it's a little bit, which is great, but it's not, you know, <laughs> so it's not everything. So, so, you know, the staff is all at home. It's just chilling and everything. And so it's just, it's just my husband, Mike and I, and we're just kind of bouncing between the stores and filling orders and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, so yeah, but you know, it's okay. It is what it is, I guess. So,
0: yeah, I mean, at at the very least, you know, I mean, even though the stores are not open, I mean, at the very least, you're still accepting orders, which I think is really awesome. I mean, I think it's gonna put a smile on the face of the comic book community, because I mean, everyone wants their books. I mean, I'm, right. you know, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a fan, obviously. So I mean, I've I've ordered I've ordered my share of like, you know, I actually got um during during this time. I mean, this was a little bit before, Ducey's order um to stay at home though. But I actually got um my rob my robin 80th anniversary comic mailed to me um around last month though but then i was like oh no i I didn't know if i was going to get it because i mean it's also had effect on you know deliveries too i mean this whole virus and we even heard a rumor too going around that um the post office might even be impacted um to to some extent right and yeah so i mean Mm -hmm a lot of businesses being, you know, just being affected. And and with Governor Ducey's order, too, I mean, not to get political or anything like that, though, but I think it's just kind of, like you said, it is really vague. I mean, right. and coming from a guy, too, between you and me that um, said that golf courses were event- were essential initially, <laughs> you right. know. right. And, I think
1: it, but honestly, I was, we were all pretty, like, happy when he put the order out, even though it sucks to be closed, but it's kind of like, I was happy to have it taken out of my hands. Do you know? Because
0: yeah, like I said,
1: we have the three stores and even if I went down to the bare bones staff, I still have to have staff. And so since we had to close, then I could be like, okay guys, you stay at home because they wanted to stay at home because like a lot Safety, of them. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, but if they're like, well, if you're still open, I'll come in and, you know, cause they don't want to leave us in the lurch, but so I, yeah. honestly, it was kind of like, okay, good. Now it's like out of our hands and, you know, it's, we have to close and, and all of that sort of thing. So, you know, and we can tell, cause a lot of our customers are, you know, oh, you know, like and people, <laughs> the thing is, yeah. I should record it someday. Like the amount of times that I'm at the store and the phone rings, it's, it's bananas. I, the <laughs> one of the guys like, um, programmed the ring ringer down for me. Like so, it just rings twice because it's like incessant. And it's like because I'm not even answering oh, the phone anymore because it's like, oh, are you guys open? It's like, no, man, we're not open. <laughs>
0: so, you are you something? where are you living? Yeah, are you are you living under a rock? <laughs> yeah.
1: So so there's a lot of that. Oh, and then the next thing is like, oh, I just want to sell this, and it's like, no, man, I'm not buying. <laughs> so so yeah. So you know, it's just it's just one of those things, but. You know, so now it's kind of like, oh, yeah, no, we had to close because the governor. So, but it's good. I mean, it'll be good. And, you know, we want to do our part. We don't want to encourage people that, you know, leave their houses unnecessarily. So, yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: And so, yeah, so.
0: (laughs) And I've heard that, you know, there's so many, I don't know if you heard this, but there have been so many unique ways that people have been um, trying to save the, you know, to save comic book stores. I mean, I've known of like one Kickstarter that actually was putting in money um to actually save some stores that um they feel it might need it. And I think I saw it somewhere on Twitter. I mean, really amazing. I mean, just how strong the combo community is.
1: Right. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's the bank organization and a lot of um well, I don't know if you know this, you're new to Arizona. There's a lot of locals there's a lot of creators that live here. Um, there's Mitch, a, there
0: is. I've seen them yeah. at Fan Fusion for the last yeah, three years i so, here.
1: Yeah. So I know um, Mitch Gerards. he just posted that he's auctioning off some some piece. Um, and it's going to the Bing Foundation, which is, you know, raising money to help stores and blah, blah, blah. So and there's a bunch of like small press people that um, something like if you buy the comic from them and then they'll donate half to their to the comic shop that you normally buy it from sort of situation. Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely like some really cool grassroots stuff happening, um, you know, and that's really awesome. So, you know, it's just, it's just the different layers and it's it's good to be part of a community. I think it's funny because um, I actually like, you know, you always know how great your customers are, but you don't really know, I guess, until something like this. And I mean, our customers are awesome and, you know, people are doing huge mail orders and, Buying gift certificates because they want new comics, but there's no new comics. So, you know, buying gift certificates so we can have money now and, you know, and like people are sending us articles all the time like, oh, did you apply for this loan or, you know, or did you hear about this and, you know, or like just giving us like money to put on their account so that, you know, when they get books again. So it's just been so awesome. Like uh, the customer just really coming out, like, you know, wanting to help us and, you know, sharing all our live feeds and all that, and you know, just help spread the signal. And it's been really, really cool. and and I think that that's kind of like on our level how it happens. and it's cool to see it on the publisher level, you know, of them doing stuff like that. and oh and, yeah, you know, boom and valiant. and I think I think I saw image did it too. Like a bunch of them did like locator things where, especially when this all started happening, like, oh, this, this state, here's who's open, who's here's, who's doing curbside, da, 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 And, you know, so like, I know we got, we got, you know, retweeted and all this stuff and all this, um, all that happening. So that was really cool. It's cool of them to like, you know, just kind of share, especially since we do have the website. And so we can still do orders. So it's like, you know, it's good because there are some places that are just fully closed. So, a lot of yeah. a lot of live in California, I know, and I'm not sure. I don't know what the legalities are over there, like of who, like you know, who can be out and who can't. So I don't, I don't know. I don't live yeah.
0: In so I mean, my my older sister still lives in California, and she tells me like you know, California's been really on a tight lockdown. I mean, everyone's yeah. just like you know, has to wear a mask almost. I mean, I mean, I think there's like you know, because I mean, if you look at I don't know if you've been to Venice Beach before, Venice, you know, near Venice. I mean, Venice is usually popping. Like there's a lot of people walking over the place, you know, having a good time, sharing a laugh, but then, you know, just seeing Venice empty, it's like, it's like something out of the Twilight Zone. Like, I've right. never seen, like, anything like that. I've never seen Venice like that, because when I lived there, it was always just, like, people walking, it was packed, but it's just empty, and, like, right now, they're even, you know, trying to, I think they're even locking down people going to the beach, because if they go to the beach, then, obviously, you know, they're going to get in trouble, and, I mean, it's just, it's really, like, it's really a total lockdown California. Right. I mean not so much here in Arizona because there's still people around I mean several of my friends actually from um when I spoke to them i mean some some of them are still working um in in some you know in some places where they feel like well, wait a minute um if everyone's you know i mean this is actually about a couple of weeks ago, and they were even you know one of my friends was telling me like, well, how come we're still working in this factory when everyone else is ordered to stay home, which is kind of weird right and yeah, so it's just, I mean, I, I, you know, for, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say though is that it's really, it, obviously, it's different in every state. I mean, especially you know, Arizona versus California. I mean, California is just like a, it's tight as a lid.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. So it's definitely not like that here. <laughs> so,
0: oh no, so, people um, are just, you know, they're still gathering. You know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's well. I mean, at our um, our Mesa store is like right next to a smoke shop. And like they're still open, but they're not like letting yeah. people in. And they're just like, make, he's making them like line up. Like, and they line up in front of our door. And it's like,
0: it's. We're happened so, to the six feet rule?
1: Yeah. Well, he's got them supposedly spaced out, but they don't follow it. And it's like,
0: oh. not You know, you're not going to follow <laughs> it, especially with the smoke <laughs> shop.
1: It's just, like, oh my God. So. And it's like, everybody's always in their pajamas. It's like, what's happening? It's, like, it's so weird. So,
0: yeah, I'll confess. So yeah, I've I, been wearing my pajamas most of the day anyway. I'll confess that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think most people have inside, but I don't know that I go outside.
0: So, yeah, outside, I mean, out of the question.
1: Yeah, you you gotta put on real pants for that. So So, yeah. <clears throat>
0: Let's just to get into the mood of it all, too. I mean, like, you know, even if you're like working from home, like, I understand that you know, the importance of just like dressing up and all that. And like, because mm-hmm. if you're in your pajamas, you're just all, like, you know, what I mean, you're you're you you know, what I mean, it's like, you know, my sister calls it being a lock, like, you just don't yeah. do anything, you know, yeah, for sure. You're, you're <laughs> like, you like shut down completely, and it's like, yeah, all right, I'm out, <laughs> you know, like, the right. SpongeBob yeah, movie.
1: it definitely like makes you less efficient. I know
0: lethargic. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I know when we, since we had three stores, we don't, you know, we don't always work at, you know, all of them because like that's impossible. And so, um, when we used to have like one store or two stores, I, a lot of times I would work from home, but actually when we moved the Phoenix store to where we are now, I kind of eked myself out like an office. And I was like, I just got to, so now I have like an office and it's great because then when I go to work, I have my office and, you know, and I do my office things and it's just, That's it's convenient. not like, yeah, because it's like, you know, you have to have, you know, you have to have a space cause I'm not efficient at home. Like I'll just like, I could work or I could play video games. <laughs> so
0: hey, the best. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, so there's no video games at work. So to tempt me. So so, yeah, so, you know, but we um we do a lot of like remote work, like with our computers and stuff. Um, and so we're like constantly logging into the other stores like, oh, especially now, because it's only just us. So it's like, okay, you know, you log into that store it's to Mesa and see if they have any orders. And it's like, okay, they do. So you have to go there and <laughs> go pick them up. So, so
0: yeah. <laughs> that answers my question of how, about how you're managing all these three stores. Cause I'm like, wow, that's like freaking amazing. Like that you're doing three stores, like in, was it? Phoenix, Mesa and Glendale. Is that the, yeah. is that the three? Mm-hmm. Wow. And I remember it's driving to Glendale. Yeah. <laughs> so <I> mean, every- <laughs>
1: it's, It's crazy, and it's funny because like when this all happened, I was like, "Oh man, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna have so much time, and I'm gonna like catch up. You know, I'm always behind. Yeah,
0: Yeah.
1: and I like, I swear to God, I I never have like, I basically every day I'm shipping, I'm I'm invoicing people who buy stuff like on my sales. So, or I'm like you know, picking orders from our web orders or like, it's all order pulling and shipping every day. That's all I do, which is great. But it's like, Oh, I got like regular stuff I got to (laughs) do. Like, you know, so I'm like, you know, business.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's like, I'm (laughs) going to be so behind when this is all over. It's like, it's crazy. But I mean, cause we're still getting quite a bit of orders and, and because I also have um, an eBay store. And so, so like, that's been crazy. And so it's like, you know, so between eBay and live sales and web orders and whatever else, and then just all the people's requests, like, cause since people can't come in, it's like, okay, messaging us on Facebook or on Instagram. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and just all the social media stuff. And it's like, this is like 20 people's jobs. <laughs> like, I mean, I literally, I have 20 people on staff and it's like, I'm I'm doing like at least ten people's jobs. <laughs> so.
0: It's like it's like you're like you're like have like all these different personas inside your vessel, like all these yeah. roles, like you know, you're the cashier, you're, you know, the person doing the stacking, like you know, you're doing inventory. You, you I mean yeah. you're doing all this crazy stuff? It's like
1: yeah, you know it's crazy. Yeah. It's been like super super stressful, and I told. Um, I mean, my husband, Mike, and I were like, man, I've never worked, like, so hard for such a little amount of money. It's like, you know, because you're just like – because, I mean, web orders are great, but it's a lot more work because it's like, you know, instead of, like, a customer coming in and be like, yo, here's my stuff. I want to buy it. And you're like, okay, cool. You know, give me your money. Da-da-da. See you later. You know, the web order comes in you have to be like, okay, where is this stuff? Like, you know, and, like, because it's not everything – you know stuff gets moved around or like we do a display and it's like oh yeah this isn't there great now where is it and you know so you have to <laughs> find it and then you have to like you know ring it out and you have to ship it and da, da, da. And it's like it's so every single order it takes like so much longer you know than just you coming in and buying your stuff and getting out you know so it's just like ugh. <laughs> so it's good I'm not you know but it's it's definitely better than nothing but it's like it's just it's just a lot more work for the same amount of money, but except less times. So
0: less times, wow. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So, <laughs> so yeah. Wow. Um, so um we're gonna go straight to the questions from the listeners. I mean oh, okay. I, I put on a Twitter I put it out on Twitter where um they can ask any question you like. I mean oh, I got okay. like about a few of them and one of the questions that popped up was from a mask of fate. Um, and he asked, he wanted to know, um, how do you think um, local businesses will be able to bounce back from this current situation?
1: Um, I, well, I really can't speak for all businesses, um, but I mean, I think, I think it's going to be really hard because um, I think even if at the end of the month, and again, I'm I'm mostly speaking for Arizona because I again I don't live in Yeah, but you know, at the <laughs> end of the month. If we're allowed to open, great, but if we're not okay and even if we're allowed to open, it's gonna be different, and you know I think that we still need to to you know have some sort of enforcing of social distancing or something because we don't wanna you know have this spike of this this virus so and, and I think it's gonna be like that for a while. I think people are gonna be you know hesitant and yeah, so so I think it will be rough um. I think us specifically, it's, it's different. Um, comic book people and card people, they're not like that. <laughs> so, um, oh, no. you know, they're not like, I mean, they're not like nervous Nellies or anything like that, but I mean, they're safe, but, but they'll come in, they'll get their comics and they'll get out. Like, so, I mean, I think that we'll probably be okay. Um, you know, for us, it's more, you um, the COVID stuff and and not being open obviously is impactful, but honestly the, the new books not shipping is more of an impact on our business. That's going to be a
0: huge impact. Yeah.
1: Right. So for us personally as a comic store, that that's a bigger, a bigger deal than anything else. So, I mean, I think we'll be all right, but I, I think it's definitely going to be interesting in the industry and, and in the game industry as well, because, you know, there's like Friday night magic and, all those sorts of events and all that yeah i don't know if they're gonna put i I don't know who knows you know what those companies are gonna do you know and they've already done some great things to help you know you know get the line out and and i think it's good but you know we'll see we'll see how it impacts everything i hope all right (laughs) (laughs) okay
0: Awesome. So I got this one from Terra Olympus and actually um Terra Olympus um Sean Deegan, he's one of the guys I interviewed last week um talking about like how independent, you know, about the impact it's having on independent um comic creators like himself. Mm-hmm. And um he wanted to know, um do you think that the industry will survive And some, you know, do you think the industry will survive and do you think the indie scene will thrive during this period? Do you also think that multiple distributors will come out of the situation
1: uh <laughs> okay um all right that's multiple questions let's see so <laughs> so okay so i think the indie comics are awesome and i actually personally read a lot more indie comics than agreed I don't, yeah i don't read really any marvel dc stuff anymore um i read a lot of indie stuff and it's it's kind of more what i like um So take that with what I'm saying. It's just more relatable
0: to some degree to our world and all that. I'm not Um, saying DC and Marvel aren't either, but definitely the indies are.
1: They're they're definitely, it strikes a chord. And if that's your jam, then, you know, you're into it. And, but with that being said, most people who buy comics are not into indie comics. Um, And most people who think indie comics, they think image is indie so which they're really not and so um with that being said i don't think that the indie comics are are gonna like go down in flames or anything like that but i don't think that they'll ever be able to fill the void because they're just they're not the same and and, you know people want the the mainstream stuff they want the batman they want the spider-man like that's what they want and so all that right i mean i think and, and i don't think there's anything wrong with either of that with with Oh no. liking what you know you do you, you know. So so Yeah,
0: I am mean, hey, a Superman fan, so you right, know.
1: Exactly. So I mean, do I think that indie comics could fill the void? I don't think so. Um just just on that alone, but I think that there is some like room for people to maybe step outside their wheelhouse and you know try some new things and we've definitely been pushing a lot of that. Like we've been pushing a lot of the image first books um You know that kind of stuff, like hey, check these books out, and it's a buck, and so that's been really great. Um, (laughs) Excuse me, sorry.
0: (laughs) So Uh, y'all good.
1: (laughs) So (laughs) um, you know, and I think that that's that's good, but I think, and it's also like just getting it sometimes into a person's hand, and a lot of those indie books, they kind of need to be like, they're like a hand sell item, like you need to like specifically be like yo buy this book and you will like it because of x y and z you know to this customer face to face and so it's a hard it's not necessarily a harder sell but it's not like cool you like superheroes here's all the superheroes you know so it's it's because of that it's it's never going to replace the mainstream market I don't think um I think it could take a, a higher percentage of it because of this and that would be great um but yeah. you know um, as far as other distributors, I really don't see that happening. Um, there's a lot of legalities with that. Um, you know, people have signed contracts, uh, contracts, yeah, contracts to only use Diamond. And, you know, I mean, Diamond is the only one right now. And, and it's not a monopoly because there's just no one else. Um, so, but there is there is other things. I mean, sometimes you can get stuff direct through the publishers, but it's not really... It's not really allowed because they're not supposed to go direct to the stores. So, um, so yeah, I don't really see another publisher stepping or another distributor stepping in because it's it's such a it's such a huge ordeal. Like it's not so simple as like you want comics, I have comics, ta da! Like it's so much more involved, you know. And
0: it's not it's and, not as simple as you think. Yeah. No,
1: it really isn't, and people don't understand. And and people. Don't even, like, I mean, it's like there's FOCs, and FOCs, even, you know, even the 17 years that we've been doing this has come such a long way, you know, I mean, there didn't even used to be FOCs, so I mean, the fact that we have that now is amazing, so, and um, in case you didn't know, that is final order cutoff, so... That's what that is. And so it's basically hey, like, my question. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I just, all these stupid acronyms. And so, so it's, it's all like, good. What it is is so, you know what a previews catalog is, right? The, the catalog that yeah, shows
0: the previews of the upcoming comics and all that from like, I think like a month or two in advance, two usually months. Or two so, months in advance. It's yeah. Really
1: like, yeah. It's really three months, but it's two months is what they say. But so the previous catalog, we do those orders. You know, we put them in. that's what I was saying is like, we'll be ordering number two before number one even comes out. And so we do those orders, but FOC comes, that's three weeks before the book comes out. So FOC comes and then we can adjust our orders up or down at that point. So we can be like, oh, yo, X-Men number two is on FOC. X-Men number one sucked. So like put our numbers down or, you know, vice versa. So that makes sense. It's really smart for the publishers because they've been able to really get up to date information and, you know, sales data and stuff like that. And so, you know, and it's helped the retailers because you order more because you, you're more willing to like, you know, it's such a smaller window. So, but it's still three weeks because they have to put it to the publisher and, you know, the printer and print it. So, so that's, that's how that process works and not everyone is on FOC. So, you know, it's it's not everyone. So a lot of the indie publishers, they're not on it and which is fine, you know, but so that, that helps a lot with the retailers for us for ordering. So that's kind of, I guess, you know, it's a complicated system. So it's just not so simple as like, cool, let's do this. So was there more to that question? I don't remember.
0: Well, I mean, (laughs) yeah,
1: I mean,
0: you pretty much answered all, all those questions right there. And I think I do have one more and I think it's from myself in a sense. Um, I was just wondering about the impact of free comic book day being canceled also. Um, and what that's going to have on the, on most stores. Well, it's,
1: it's not canceled. It's being postponed.
0: Well, Postponed. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: But it's okay. Um, but we don't <laughs> really know when. <laughs> so um, the one thing that, and I don't really like to like badmouth the publishers or the, oh, the no. distributor because I, you know, you
0: love all publishers. All you know, celebrated.
1: I just, it's just, it's hard. You know, everybody's doing their job. It's like, it's not like yeah. they're trying to be dicks or anything. But <laughs> the one thing is that Diamond has been not very great with communicating with us and all of this. And um, honestly, we've found out stuff like, I mean, you guys probably know stuff before us, like, because somehow stuff gets leaked to Bleeding Cool, and then it's like, oh, Bleeding okay, Cool, well, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I mean, there's a lot of times where, you know, and we're still waiting. We haven't heard anything from Diamond about when Free Comic Day is going to be put back and when comics are going to come out again. I mean, and it's sort of like, okay, you know. So, so and the other thing is that um, Diamond owns. I don't, I don't know if you know this, but Diamond also owns Alliance Distributors. It's a game distributor, so they're a big distributor. So, so they own this okay. also game distributor, and so, so it's sort of like the same thing. And, you know, it's like you hear some stuff from this person, and so that's why the comic group is like it's just full of speculation. People are just like, oh, it's this, it's that, and it's like, oh, I just can't with this. So, so yeah, so um, that is kind of a negative is that we haven't really like been communicated as well. And, and a lot of that, you know, and I don't think it's, it's a, a slight or anything like that. I think it's just really like DC Marvel, like, you know, their hands are tied as far as like what they can say and what they can do. And, oh yeah, you know, and diamond takes its cues from, from them because they're, their two biggest publishers. So, so it's, it's been difficult not having information and, and that uncertainty is really like, is makes it hard because it's like you know just like every other human like you know we like routine and it'd be nice to have like okay when are we getting the routine back yeah like
0: some some you know intelligence some like you know like you know i mean like some, like some snippet of like what's going on all that i mean you gotta know because i mean they they, when they get affected too if like you know people didn't sell their stuff i mean it's like
1: right a reciprocation process right they released some um, some information and it was the last thing was just that you know they're closing the not they're closing the warehouse but they're stopping distribution and blah 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 and and i mean in in the meantime there's been like all these surveys coming out like it's like everyone's doing a survey like uh marvel dc you know marvel calls retailers we've talked to marvel a couple of times you know we've called dc they've called us and you know, so I mean they're they've been communicating, but not with like any really information, like you know, like what what's your thoughts and I think trying to get the fee over the market because they don't I don't know if they wanna distribute books when half the retailers don't want them. So it's been yeah. really difficult. But the whole thing is though, the reality is there's no there's nothing, 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 nothing that comic book retailers will ever agree on, ever. So it's ridiculous. (laughs) So, so like, I mean, you could say the sky is blue and there's going to be just somebody that's like, Oh no, no.
0: (laughs) The crisis is coming. The sky is turning red. (laughs) Yeah. It's
1: ridiculous. So, so I mean, so I don't know if, if diamond is waiting for us to all come to terms together or what, but it's that will never happen. So, so I don't know. So who knows, but, that's been kind of the negative part of all this is the lack of communication. And it's been a little bit disappointing because, you know, they are the only distributors. So it's not like, you know, you can go somewhere else. So, so, but I mean, as far as, as far as all that goes, I mean, I think it's going to be fine. And like,
0: yeah, I
1: know people were worried about digital and yada, yada. That's
0: obviously, another thing that came up my mind too, was the digital right, and all that.
1: Right. But obviously you're younger and, you know, I'm sure you read digitally some things. Um, yeah most of my customers don't want digital and even if they were given the option of getting digital first they wouldn't and i would still
0: want the book in the end yeah
1: they want they might get the digital just to read it just for now because they're bored but they're still going to come in and buy the book and and most comic people are like that they're very completists. so so i don't really i you know if that happens i don't you know i'm not i'm not obviously it would suck but i'm not sweating it so so yeah so i mean you know we're just we're just kind of trucking along and we keep telling diamond and marvel and dc and like hey we're we're ready to sell new books and we are raring to go even if we're not open so say the
0: word yeah yeah
1: like just do it so we're hoping soon but i don't know
0: (laughs) 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 all right well that's Well, um, that's gonna wrap it up for this segment. Um, and um, I was just wondering where where can we find you on social media?
1: Um, our social media is we're on Facebook with Samurai Comics and Instagram on Samurai Comics and Twitter and um, all that stuff. I mean, you can look us up there, you can message us, or if you need something. Or, you know, you can go on our website because our website actually has the three locations and you can see our inventory, like, you know, as it is right now. So if you're looking for Funko Pops, you can type that in and see all the things that we have in stock right now.
0: So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking yeah. the time to chat with me. And hopefully we can chat again sometime.
1: Yeah, of course. Just hit me up. and. So. Sounds cool. Okay, cool. All right. Well, thanks so much. And have a great... Rest of your day, I guess.
0: <laughs> you have a great rest of your day, too. And remember to stay safe. And yeah, you do. Yeah, wash
1: your hands. All, <laughs> all right. right. Take <laughs> easy. See you
0: later. Bye. Thank you. Bye. All right, constant listeners. Now I'm going to give you my take on Phoenix Jones. I want you all to know that I want you all to understand that I'm not here to use this platform to judge Ben Fordor, a.k.a. Phoenix Jones. I'm a struggling Christian, and I understand that we are human beings and we all make mistakes. We all do things that sometimes make us cringe and scratch our heads, and that a lot of times we need help. I personally will be the first to tell you that I messed up in life and made a lot of mistakes. Again, I'm a human being. And I will admit this as a struggling Christian. So having said that, I'm going to give you my honest commentary on this man who, say what you want about him, became a real-life superhero and gained some grassroots fame. I mean, he gained some recognition while doing this endeavor of his. This is my take on the real-life superhero, Phoenix Jones. So who is Phoenix Jones? He's a real life superhero based in Seattle, Washington. I mean he wore a black and gold spandex suit with a bulletproof vest. His real name was Ben Fordo, and he was born in a town in Texas in the year nineteen eighty eight. He's also a legit MMA fighter with a legit record. A lot of wins, basically, a really impressive record. And he even founded the Rain City superhero movement. And was actually in a relationship with one of its members. He had a lot going for him. I mean, he had fans. I mean, people admired him. I mean, he even had detractors. But one thing was perfectly clear about this man, this real-life superhero. He was getting a lot of attention. And he even had a cameo in a video game. I mean, talk about... I mean, that's anything that all of us can dream of. I mean, as a kid... I dreamed of being, of wanting to be Superman, especially after seeing the Christopher Reeve movies. I, as my six-year-old self, I looked at the TV screen and I pointed, "That's who I want to be, a superhero." But um, while he was, while Phoenix Jones was, you know, getting fame and even some notoriety, life did take, um, life did turn upside down for him. You know, his superhero movement um, died down. He started, I mean, as he started to get more aggressive, I mean, many people decided to walk away. And as a result, the Rain City superhero movement um, basically disbanded. And he was basically a solo superhero. And for a while, he tried out and he did a little bit of MMA here and there. But even after that, I mean, he still did some, you know, vigilante work. I mean, not too much. But ultimately, as of February of this year, he was arrested for selling drugs. And as a superhero, it's ironic because he was against all that. He went out of his own way to stop drugs from being sold. He stopped crime. I mean, he was a typical superhero. And a little... And here's here's the thing. I've learned a whole lot about Phoenix Jones. Actually, I learned I learned about Phoenix Jones um, when I was at a previous, in one of my previous jobs. I've learned about Phoenix Jones from a coworker, and he showed me several videos of him. And I even think too that there was a character in the DC Universe video game that they made based on him. Well, he's not. He was not an official character. It was a created character though. But they created a Phoenix Jones created character, basically. Read several, like I said, read several blogs and articles about him. I mean, I recently saw a documentary on the rise and fall of Phoenix Jones by Atrocity Guide. If you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. Um, it's a, it's worth a watch, in my opinion. And it's so well documented. I mean, it just follows what he did and all the way from the beginning all till his downfall. And it's just it's just a real it's it's a real real sad story I would say. I mean, whether you like the guy or not, I mean, you have to wonder. You know, I mean, you have to actually. I wouldn't let me scratch scratch that. You you have to feel for the guy at least. You know, what I mean, if if that was anyone in that position, if that was yourself, you know, what would you think? You know, I. I was, you know, once upon a time, I was doing something really awesome or I felt was awesome. And then you wake up one day to find out that it was, it's gone. I mean, talk about taking something for granted. I mean, this right here, I mean, something like this really takes the cake, in my opinion. Because if you're a superhero, I mean, people look up to you. I mean, children adore you. I mean, the women gush all over you. And the boys just want to be just like you. I mean, it's like, it, it, that's that's basically a life of a superhero. I mean, you're basically put up on a pedestal, okay? You're put up on a pedestal, and basically you're worshipped. I mean, people want to follow your example. I mean, I try to live with the mantra even as a Superman fan. And, I, and to this day, I still admire Superman. And as a Superman fan, I believe in the mantra of truth, justice, and the American way. And to imagine Superman going rock bottom like um, this gentleman did Phoenix Jones, it would be really heartbreaking. And when I think when I as I'm talking about this right now, I'm even thinking about and I'm not going to make a comparison here. I Again, I don't want to judge Phoenix Jones though, but I can't help but think about Chris Benoit, the pro wrestler in the WWE. Basically, in the WWE right now, he's kind of blacklisted. He's a—he's basically the wrestler who should not be named. He's like the Voldemort of WWE wrestling, unfortunately. And it's really sad because what he did... I mean, for those of you who don't know, Chris Benoit um, was one of the greatest wrestlers um, of all time. He was the best. He was a technical wrestler. They called him the Rabid Wolverine. And, you know, really nice guy. I mean... In and out I mean, in out of the ring, he was a really nice guy, family man. I mean, people people like to spend you know, people, people admired him. I mean, though he a lot of times he kept to himself, he was pretty quiet. But then one day I mean, he had actually, you know, in another another backstory too, he had a beautiful wife and uh, and a son. I mean, he was a family man all around. He always talked about spending time with his family and would really get sad about the days where you couldn't spend time with him. But just because he loved his profession, he loved professional wrestling. But then one day, news comes out about him doing a double murder-suicide. I mean, murdering his wife, his son, and then eventually killing himself. And just like that, in a snap of a finger, people just turn on him. And I feel that's sort of like what's going on with Phoenix Jones, in a sense, where... This dude did something wrong. He sold drugs. I mean, he basically became, to people's eyes, he became what he fought against. He, it's like that quote from the Dark Knight. Um, from the Dark Knight, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And I think in one of the pod, um, one of the podcasters, I was referencing Atrocity Guy too, on the Rise and Fall of Phoenix Jones. They showed a snippet of a podcaster saying that. I mean, to me, it's just, it's really sad. I mean, and that quote really rings true with this, but I mean, I, I, I can't just bring myself to really call him the villain because again, I don't want to judge him. You know what I mean? I don't want to, I'm, I, you know what I mean? It's just that we're human. You know what I mean? We all make mistakes. I mean, and we can all learn from them. and. You know that's just wow. It's it's really tough. I mean, even just talking about this right now is just really tough because this guy, you can really tell that he enjoyed what he did. I mean, I mean, what what whatever reason it was for, whether it was for him to get fame or whether it was because he was he was like laser focused on it. I mean, there there, there was a lot of you know he put a lot of stuff into this. I mean, into his endeavor in becoming a real life superhero. I mean, that's something that only like. You know, any, any one of us dreamed, you know I mean? We all dreamed of being a superhero. Again, we all dreamed of that, but this guy actually did it. I mean, without powers, obviously, which brings me to like my first thought on him. Actually, he was like a real life Batman. I mean, obviously without the wealth, without the millions, because like Batman, he was, he was an orphan. I mean, he spent his time in a lot of orphanages until eventually being adopted and growing up with his brother, his adopted brother, some um, Fedor, who's also an MMA fighter, like him. And speaking of MMA, he does Phoenix Jones does have does have a le- again. He has a legit MMA background, and tries to keep his body in shape. I mean, amazing peak condition. I mean, the dude is dude's a true athlete, and like Batman, um, you know, he put his body to peak condition. He intervened to stop crime whenever he found it. Um, And matter of fact, his debut was in 2010 when he stopped a carjacking and it was actually talked about on the news. And also, too, the fact that his uh, costume is sort of reminiscent of Batman. I mean, the black, the gold. I mean, that's Batman-esque. I mean, well, there's black and yellow with Batman, though, but I mean, one can argue, too, that Michael Keaton's Batman soared for black and gold. But he was a real-life Batman, and, you know, he would involve himself in some scuffles and fights that were none of his business. I mean, he patrolled the streets of Seattle. I mean, Seattle was like his Gotham City. And then there was also a snippet of him in that same news report about the carjacking, where his comic book shop—I mean, basically, the comic book shop he came out of, came out of was like a Batcave. cave. And like Batman again, he had a love interest in the name of Purple Rain, who was like the Catwoman to his Batman, or perhaps since Purple Rain was a superhero, one can even argue. And even a lady, um, a news presenter, said this too, that the love between um, Phoenix Jones and Purple Rain was reminded her of the love between Nightwing and Batgirl. And another Batman um, similarity too was just that he had to rub elbows with local law enforcement. I mean, they didn't like him, just like the Gotham City Police Department didn't like Batman. I mean, he had no Jim Gordon to advocate for him or to um partner with him to crack down on crime. Though, I mean, he did he did uh, eventually in some way somewhat got along with the law enforcement. Um, collaborate with them, but I mean, in general, they just didn't really like him. And Again, like Batman, other real life heroes criticize his brutal methods. I mean, one can even argue that he was a uh, an equivalent to Frank Miller's Dark Knight, um, Frank Miller's Batman from Dark Knight Returns. How some heroes were, were just you know they kind of cringed at Batman's methods, and how even some of the P- Superman in that comic even mentioned that, you know, the parents were kind of scared of Batman's methods. And, you know, similar to Batman also, Phoenix Jones was starting to get a following. I mean, he inspired several other heroes, and that's when the Rain City superhero movement was born. Sort of like a Justice League, or perhaps even an Outsiders of sorts. I mean, just all of these heroes dressing up and performing vigilante acts, whereas the other heroes just passed out food to the homeless um, and did other communities you know, acts of community service. And, you know, his girlfriend even um, at the time, Purple Rain uh, was an advocate for mental health or, excuse me, she was an advocate for mental, she was an advocate for domestic violence. And uh, um, another Batman similarity too, I could um, point out is just that Phoenix Jones very likely had some mental health challenges especially when dealing with the aftermath of a death of a young woman by the name of Nicole Westbrook, who was shot. But the one thing I could see, um, the difference between him and Batman, is just that Batman never really filmed himself fighting crime on social media. He didn't post videos on YouTube. I mean, he was rarely interviewed – Batman was rarely interviewed by the press. I mean, I mean, he was like a, a recluse at times. Well, except when he was in his Bruce Wayne persona. I mean, he was only interviewed by the press when he was Bruce Wayne, but when he was Batman, he kept to himself. And, you know, he never revealed his identity to the public like um, Phoenix Jones did when he eventually revealed himself as Ben Fordor, an MMA fighter who has two children and works for, and worked with kids with special needs. And plus, Batman never made a comic of himself fighting crime. I mean, going back to Batman's mental health issues, I mean Batman's very private, as is Bats in the Cave. And if Batman were to really find out that, you know, someone, you know, made a comic about him, I mean, I don't know what Batman would actually say to that, to be honest. I mean And to tell you the truth, I don't think Batman would want to advertise his exploits or his battles or his you know, what I mean, or his many challenges in comic book form or any form. I mean, I, now that I think about it, even I also think about Night Owl from Watchmen and how he wrote the book, Hollis Mason, how he wrote the book Under the Red Hood, or Under the Hood, excuse me, about his exploits, about how his experiences in the Minutemen, his experiences as a vigilante, and just how it was, There's there's actually an issue um on Night Owl, where he t- where he talked about the challenges of just writing a book. I mean, there were times where he didn't know he should write the book, but he eventually did. So that's another thing I can really think about too. Is just, you know, would a what a real life superhero. I mean, would an actual superhero want to do a comic book about themselves? I mean, would Batman really want to have a to have his I mean, if it was Batman himself, would he really want to advertise that? I mean, just having to deal with the Joker and his mind games and the cruelty that he puts out, he evokes, you know, or perhaps his um, even his cat of mouse with, with Catwoman, I mean, or his battles with Ra's al Ghul. I mean, what do you say to stuff like that? I mean, the fact that you wake up and then Again, you know, you wake up and you find these bad guys and it jacks your mind up and you see stuff that's just, wow. You know what I mean? I don't know. And again, not judging Phoenix Jones here. I'm pretty sure he had his reasons for wanting to create his own comic book. And, he, you know, I mean, I'm sure he did. But Batman would not do that. So that's the only di- that's one of the few differences I can see between Phoenix Jones and Batman, but perhaps, maybe he was similar to Roy Harper, aka Speedy, the sidekick to Green Arrow. Now, for those of you who are diehard comic fans, you would know that um, in Green Lantern Volume Two, which had issues number eighty-five and eighty-six. Number 85 being titled snowbirds don't fly in 86. They say it will kill me, but they won't say when, um, this was about basically green arrow coming to the grips with the fact that his ward, his partner, his protege, Roy Harper, AKA speedy, who would later become red arrow, who would later become arsenal was a, was a basically a drug. He was a junkie and he was shooting up drugs. And this was, such a, this was actually a real huge story. It was, it was um, written by Dennis O'Neill, and the art was by Neil Adams. And I think Julius Schwartz was the editor of DC Comics at the time. And this came out in the year 1971. And there was a little quote at the start of Snowbirds Don't Fly where it said that, and I quote, Some will say that the following story should not be told. There will be those who argue that such events have no place in an entertainment magazine. Perhaps they are right, but we do not um, think so, because we're, we've seen these noble creatures, human beings, wrecked, made less than animals, plunge into the hells of agonies. We've seen it, we're angry, and this is our protest. Dennis O'Neill wrote that. And, um, well, at least he wrote that in the comic. So, like Speedy, um, Fordo was a crusader who became what he was fighting. Speedy fought alongside um, the Green Arrow, Oliver Queen, to take on social issues. One of them being drugs. Oliver was shocked and livid when he discovered that Speedy was doing drugs. Just as the public was shocked and livid when um, with the news of Jones coming out of Jones selling drugs. I mean, and several sources um, talk about um, actually if. first It first came out in the Seattle Times, I think, um, the Seattle Times website, and also the Newsweek as well picked up on the story. I mean, it was picked up almost on every news outlet. And, I mean, again, it goes back to Phoenix Jones getting so much celebrity. I mean, he was on – he was interviewed by a lot of press outlets. I mean, he was – I think he was on – Shoot, I forgot the name of the show though, but he was on a he was on a lot of shows where he talked about his experiences along with his girlfriend Purple Rain. And it's interesting that I mean I bring up Roy Harper because to me, Roy Harper's battles with drugs in those two issues of Green Arrow and um Green Lantern and Green Arrow. I mean, Roy Harper's battles with drugs, as told in those stories, is a reminder that It's a reminder to us that even superheroes struggle with everyday issues like we do. I mean, Phoenix Jones definitely had his own battles. I mean, he had his critics, which made him a polarizing figure at times. I mean, eventually his girlfriend, Popa Rain, left him around 2013 due to personal issues. And in addition to that, the Rain City superhero movement, like I mentioned before, disbanded. And people just started to walk away from this guy. I mean, he lost his friends, he lost his key allies. All of this will culminate and lead eventually lead to his arrest for selling drugs. I mean, talk about a downward spiral. Um, yeah. So I mean, just so just so much um, that this guy went through, and which brings me to the question: Would Phoenix Jones ever return? I mean, law enforcement would like to think you know, would like to think not. But then again, perhaps Phoenix jo- the Phoenix Jones character could redeem himself by giving back to his community in a non-violent way, as opposed to his brutal methods. I mean, he could help out the homeless, I suppose. He could spread awareness about domestic violence, just like his ex-girlfriend, Purple Rain. Um, he could address mental health issues, since he probably goes through him himself, just like every almost every one of us does. Um, or some of us do. I mean, not. I mean, you know what I mean. Perhaps he can um, go to schools to educate people about drugs and about the allure that drugs have, like he got caught up in. And that he could tell people too that even people like himself, or even superheroes like himself, or perhaps Speedy, aka Rory Harper, um, also had to struggle with drugs. But I can definitely tell you that it won't be like, the you know, his return, if Phoenix Jones would return, it won't be like the return of Batman as told by Frank Miller. And what about, uh, and what of becoming a superhero in Seattle or anywhere? I'd be lying to you if I said that I never wanted to be a superhero. I mean, I mentioned before I wanted to be just like Superman. And as crazy as it is, Jones takes the cake for becoming the closest thing to a real life vigilante, a real life superhero. I mean, that's and many others before him have done that though. But he's the most, I would have to say he's the most profiled, the most talked about. And um, however, but after all of this, though, I mean Phoenix one time I mean Midnight Jack, who was a former ally of Phoenix Jones, <laughs> said in a podcast called Super Yourself by the Dark Guardian, who was actually one of Jones' critics, Dark Guardian said, um, excuse me, Midnight Jack said, and if you're a superhero in the Seattle era, it's over for you now. It's done. Because of all that happened. And he even on to say that um, you can try to do acts of community service, though, but if you do that in a mask or a costume, people are going to start to assume, oh, you're like Phoenix Jones right now. You sell drugs. I mean... Talk about stigma created, right? But I guess I can say that um, as long as you're not interfering in jobs uh, that law enforcement is supposed to do, I guess you'll be fine. If you're wearing a costume, perhaps, you know? I guess, right? But the real question I would like to ask, though, and the real question actually shouldn't be what will Phoenix Jones do? The real question is... What would Ben Fordor, the man, do? And I feel like it's a question that anyone would anyone who messes up would ask themselves or ask another person who messes up, man or a woman. What's this guy gonna do when all this blows over, when all this is behind him, or at least when he comes to the grips of the fact of what he did? What's he gonna do? My hope is is that he gets help. I mean most of us, if not all of us, need help. And as someone who has dealt with mental health all his life, I can tell you with a with a degree of certainty that it's there's nothing wrong with it, with asking for help. And for me, mental health is something I take very seriously. And I have been in, and had I been in the same position as Fordo was, I mean, there's really no telling what I would have, um, how I would have coped since. You know, I mean, my mental health, I mean, that's something that I have, that's something I battle every day. And to have to deal with what Fordor is dealing with, I mean, there's no telling how, what I would, you know, how I would cope. I mean, I wonder how he's coping right now. I mean, again, it goes back to that whole wake up one day, you know I mean? One day you're just, there you are, you, you know, you're becoming sort of an overnight celebrity, I mean, you're basically the closest thing to Batman, and then you wake up the next day and you find out that oh crap, you know I screwed up. Um, this is bit, this is bad. You know, and honestly, I think you know it. It. it going back to the whole Chris Benoit thing, I also saw the um, documentary called um, "Dark Side of the Ring," and Chris Jericho even said that. Had he told Chris Benoit, or had someone told Chris Benoit that, "Hey man, you're gonna be the you're gonna be one of the greatest rushers of all time, though," but one day, uh, it's all gonna go away because of what you did. Obviously, you know, and, and Chris Jericho said that if Chris, someone told Chris Benoit that, again, not comparing my, not comparing Chris Benoit and Phoenix Jones. No need to, you know, I'm not, you know. I'm not comparing the two necessarily. I'm not saying that it's, they're alike, but I mean, in terms of like the situation or the reputation, if Chris Benoit found out or somehow knew that what he was going to do and the fact that all his accolades were going to take, be taken away, it was going to be gone in the poof of smoke, like he'd be devastated. It would break his heart and i can say the same for possibly free phoenix jones like if or ben fordor if someone told ben fordor that you know you're going to be the cl- the closest thing to a real life superhero i mean to a comic book superhero but then the next day it's going to be taken away it's just going to be gone in a puff of smoke he probably would you know he probably would break down it'd be devastating and you know it's just i mean i know you know i mean i'd be really devastated myself too if told that I mean, that's crushing. So my, And I also hope, too, that everyone who's ever looked up to Phoenix Jones and those who've worked with him and know him can forgive him. He's a human being, and we all have fallen short on some things in our life. And lastly, I also hope that he learns from this experience and, and makes a man out of him. That's what a real hero does, in my opinion. They learn from their mistakes and they move on. If you constant listeners made a mistake, understand that you are human and that you must never beat yourself up, ever. We all make mistakes because that is how we grow. We forgive ourselves so that we can move forward and not dwell on those mistakes. Now, I'm personally rooting for Phoenix Jones to rise above this. Many of you may disagree with me or agree or disagree with me, but that's okay. And you know, I hope he rises above this because the thing is, maybe here's my thing: maybe naming himself Phoenix, Phoenix, might have had a, might have been a coincidence. Since whenever a phoenix dies, it rises from the ashes to be reborn again anew. So maybe he might rise above this, and maybe he might not even be um, reborn as a real life superhero, but perhaps a better person, a better man, who has learned from his mistakes. You know, and again, maybe he can use this to like spread awareness or something about his experiences um, to teach people. You know, to go, you know, to make better decisions, to make better choices. And when I think of this, I also think of Ryan Leaf and what his experiences had taught him, and how he um, his experiences as a football player. For those of you who don't know, Ryan Leaf was actually a football player, the first draft pick for the San Diego Chargers very promising prodigy, very promising athlete, only for it to be taken away from him because of several issues with um, the Chargers, um, his teammates, and eventually getting kicked out of the Chargers and many other football teams after and then turning to drugs and ending up going to prison. I mean, those experiences shaped Ryan Leaf and he even wrote himself a letter to his younger self saying that you know, this is what's going to have to happen in order for you to realize that, you know, not life is not what you think of it. I mean, and to enjoy, you know, going enjoy your career in the NFL while it lasts because one day you're going to lose it. And that's real. And I feel that, you know, Phoenix Jones is kind of at that crossroads right now, like Ryan Leaf was, like, you know. And the thing is, like, you know, for him to rise from above this, like a typical Phoenix, rising from the ashes. And like Ryan Leaf, he, ha- he has a chance at redemption, but he's going to have to make that choice. Ryan Leaf made that choice to decide to use his experiences to help people. So that way they don't all make the same mistakes that he did. Perhaps Phoenix Jones could do the same thing. I don't know. Only time will tell. But regardless of how you feel about the guy... I know that there's a small part of you, somewhere, constant listener, that wants um Phoenix Jones to rise above this to to you know I mean to grow from this. Because I know if it was me, I'd want that for me. And I'm sure if it was you, you want that for you too. So something for you guys to really think about and let sink in. Hey, constant listeners, I hope you enjoyed that segment on the Earth 16 Comics Wire podcast. Um, If you want to follow me or have any updates on the Earth 16 Comics Wire podcast, you can follow my Twitter account at Earth16Podcast and my Instagram at Earth16Comics. And constant listeners, want to become a constant supporter for the Earth 16 Comics Wire? You can do that by supporting this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes on my Anchor page and also on my Patreon. Thank you all for listening, and as I always say, stay ever so awesome. This is Brian from Earth16, signing out.